extra, extra, extra episode. You hear that, right? Talk racing to me with Naomi is back. Second episode this week, because I must admit, just a handicapping episode, as good as it was, had to be complimented by two incredible jockeys coming in this weekend to Dubai. One from the United States in Joel Rosario. 2013 Dubai World Cup winning jockey with Animal Kingdom for trainer Graham Motion. Of course, also the jockey that we mentioned on the other episode because he rode the 2017 and 2018 Golden Shaheen winner, Mind Your Biscuits for Chat Summers. But we're going to kick things off with man of the moment, the 21-year-old jockey David Egan, who comes in here with a book of very strong rides, because we all know him as the jockey that won the world's richest race in the Saudi Cup with Mishrif for trainer John Gossin. And he's reunited with the Colt in this year's Dubai Shima Classic. So back on turf. And he'll talk us through all of his rides. Two very different interviews, very different characters. But I know you'll enjoy them both. David, I'm so glad you could join me here in Dubai. We're trackside. She's pretty cool location how have you found it thus far but you have ridden here before yeah um nice and warm weather which is always good to have a bit, bit of a change for you in, in Mer- cold maryland at the moment but uh no it's great to be part of such a great great night's racing this was one of the first questions i asked you when i met you i'm from Lo- well i'm at laurel park working as the honor analyst at laurel park but you were there too, and you rode out for one of our stalwarts and Jose Corrales. Please share the story of how that came about, because that's, you know, it's a, how do you end up, you know, from Europe at Laurel Park of all places? Yeah, so my father and Jose rode many years ago in Macau, and they were very close. My father says Jose was one of the best jockeys he ever raced against, and he's ridden all over the world, so that's to be respected. And, um, He's a very good coach of jockeys from a young age. He always spoke about this guy, Jose Corrales, who I, to be fair to Jose, never heard anything about. I only knew uh, European racing, really, back then when I was young. But um, went over to Jose for two consecutive winters and learned a lot from him, from riding track work to training on the on the barrel, as he likes to call it. He get uh, just a normal oil barrel and put two stirrups either side and he had me training for hours so it was uh, my uh, riding ability has uh, a lot to thank for for Jose. And was that before you took out your license you were exercise riding there? Yeah so I had my apprentice license and I had a couple of winners before I went over there and the first year so I had maybe five or six winners my first season went over to Jose came back and I was champion apprentice straight away that season so that shows the improvement I had from from just spending a couple of months with Jose and everyone at Laurel Park and then uh, then I went back the following season had a couple of rides won a starter 5000 on Bobby G probably, the yeah probably uh, enjoyed that more than any other jockeys enjoyed a starter 5000 <laughs> so uh, no that was a great day to win my first race in America it's something I always dreamed about doing and hopefully there's more to come in the future yeah, are you ever planning on returning stateside? Yeah, I uh, I actually got a three-year working visa. Um, haven't gone over as much as I'd like, but I'm sure it's something I'll be able to do in the future now that I'm 
traveling, traveling the world, riding a bit more now. Yeah, your career has kind of really taken off in a short span of time. Can you quickly sort of lay out for us how it all started and how it developed? You don't have to go into all the details, yeah, yeah. but you know, it's, it's, everyone knows who you are now, but you're 21. You, you've done this in you know, a span of a few years. Mm, so I took out my license when I was 17. As I said, my first season I had five or six winners, nothing to go mad about, but rode for a couple of different trainers, which which was good to kind of spread your contacts. And did my few months in, with Jose and came back and I rode uh, probably 60 winners on the turf coming back from sort of March to November time in Europe, which is pretty big for an apprentice. Um, then I went back to Jose, came back and obviously wrote out my claim which is 95 winners in the in the UK once you ride your 95th winner you're no longer an apprentice and uh, thankfully I was able to ride the wave I continue to ride winners without my allowance and uh, it's just all snowballed really being lucky to get on some some nice horses and be able to stay on them for the big days which is important for a young jockey's career and uh, I'd just like to thank all the people that give me a chance because as you say if there's no horses no jockey absolutely yeah, it's on the right side. So I just wanted to make sure the settings were right because you're coming up a little low sometimes. I'm sitting here watching the, the waves. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll continue. Because everyone knows you because you won the world's richest race in Saudi Arabia, the Saudi Cup on Mishrif, trained by the legendary John Gosson. Uh, what went on before that and how did you get the chance to ride for Mr. Gosden? Um, so my association with Mr. Gosden, I rode him a couple of winners. Um, I rode him a listed winner, Lingfield, Centasia. Um, it was more my connection with Antonio Fresi walking by there. He's <laughs> riding military law in the in the World Cup. He's got a strong chance. Um, so yeah, Prince Faisal. I rode a couple of winners for Prince Faisal uh, two years ago and he offered me a retainership to ride his horses. Um, Mishrif was actually one of those horses. I, I broke his maiden round Nottingham. He won on a, a very wet, heavy track over a mile round Nottingham by 10 lengths on the bridle going away. So that was impressive. And he's got a, a nice kind of boutique breeding operation. He's only got the 10 or 12 mares run by uh, Ted Vout. Um, as I said, hasn't got the numbers, but the quality's there. He's been breeding horses for many long before I was born, and it shows in his uh, in his blue bloods. Mishrif is a obviously a, a homebred by him, and uh, it goes to show if you put the groundwork in with lots of years of hard work, choosing the right mares and the right stallions, it uh, it works out. He won the world's richest race in his home country which I'm sure it was a proud moment for him not just for the money but for a prince of Saudi Arabia winning their race the whole world came on, came over to try and take them take their prize and he was able to keep it in Saudi Arabia so it was uh, great for him yeah, which is absolutely incredible especially because Mishrif had been successful on the turf before so the majority of people would say okay we're, we're looking at essentially a, a turf horse coming into this now he had run at that track the year before in in the Saudi Derby Cup, finishing second with you aboard as well. So was that you knowing that actually he can go well on the dirt? 
Yeah, so after I won his maiden, I think, uh, I'm sure it was Prince Faisal's decision that he wanted to go to Saudi Arabia. It was their uh, inaugural running of the event and obviously a homebred. He wanted to take on races in his own country on the world stage and he had a horse that he thought would be suitable. Um, yeah, so if it wasn't for Prince Faisal being from Saudi Arabia, maybe Mishrif would have never tried the dart in Riyadh and he never would have won. So it's all it's all luck, I suppose, and being in the right situation and making the right decisions because, you know, a horse is everything. It can change in a heartbeat. So making one, one little move one day could uh, be a small factor in, in this case, win the world's richest race. Absolutely. And talk us through your ride. You were behind, of course, the American speed, uh, Nick's go and Charlatan taking each other on in a way. Uh, I know that eventually, of course, we ended up seeing the, fe- the pair of them kind of go backwards late. Uh, what did you have in mind going into this? How did you see it unfold and how does that correspond with what you experienced during the race? Yeah, so I did a lot of race planning myself and looking through the form and kind of playing out the scenarios in the head. Um, I had a solid idea that the two American horses was would do what they did. Um, obviously, Nick's go top class horse who nearly always goes goes to the front or bang up there on the pace and Charlatan similarly. So I don't think they were going to change their tactics just because of the the size of the race itself. So I thought they'd do what they did. Obviously, two great riders riding them they're not going to cut each other's throats they're not going to go a solid breakneck american pace and take each other on a long way out because that would have just set it up for me even more you saw mike smith take the advantage down the back straight when uh joel just just took a little bit of a take back and obviously in the end it didn't work out for them too because on a slow track, stamina really came came to the the front hold, and uh, luckily Mishrif has got plenty of that, which he'll need going a mile and a half here on the turf on on Saturday. Are we worried about the distance uh, on Saturday? And let's talk about Mishrif in the Group One Longshin Dubai Shima Classic uh, race eight on Saturday. We'll talk about your other rides as well, but let's talk uh, about the horse that you know everyone knows you for, and we're all most excited to see in a very strong renewal of the Shima. Indeed, as you mentioned, distance perhaps an issue. And why did they bring him back to the turf? Are they trying to test him to see if they have a pre-deluxe triumphal horse on their hands? Yeah, I'm sure. I remember it was uh, possibly on the cards last season after he won the French Derby. Obviously, French Derby winner. You're always going to have it in the back of your head. Would he be the correct horse to go for an Arc de Triomphe as a three-year-old? Um, obviously, Mr. Gosden and Prince Faisal had other plans and in our case it was a it was a good plan because we took the race in Saudi but uh, look taking on a mile and a half for the first time he stays a mile a quarter tremendously well but yet he dropped back to nine furlongs on the dirt with them American speed horses and he was able to travel a length behind them nearly as good as the front two so it shows he's got a high cruising speed He's got a turn of foot and he's got stamina to to outrun the two American horses on the dirt. So he's shown us the right signs. Um, his pedigree shows that he'll stay the mile and a half with, with ease. So uh, 
the boxes are ticked, but we're yet to see it on the racetrack in the flesh. So we'll uh, we'll find out on Saturday, and it'll be uh, it'll let us know more about the horse and see if there's more options for him for his European campaign this summer. How do you see the speed develop? Do you think Mishriff is going to try and go forward? Of course, you have the American horse Channel Maker in there who loves uh, to take the lead and roll along early. Yeah, look, there's a few horses that like to be ridden prominently, but as you know, turf racing, it's going to be run at a lot slower pace than nine furlongs on the dirt. So probably getting him relaxed and in a rhythm is probably going to be one of the key factors to see if he does stay out the trip. Um, whether we jump and let him find his stride and wherever he's happy and wherever he lands and if he relaxes there closer to the pace or whether we decide to, to drop in from, from gate 10 which is not going to be the easiest because here over a mile and a half here at Maidan you're starting just before the winning line straight into the first bend with nine runners on your inside it's important not to not to go wide going three wide with no cover over a mile and a half it's you're sacrificing too much so there'll be a lot of uh, a lot of scenarios thrown in the hat I'm sure we'll make a the team will make a plan and we'll go out um well, confidently, but uh, at the same time, it's a it's a strong world-class field and possibly one of the races, big races on the night. I was about to ask you, how confident are you going into this? I mean, you have a, a book full of rides, but of course, Mishriff will be the highlight there, right? Yeah, Mishriff will be the highlight. Obviously, he's a special horse to me, but look, I've got four other horses with solid chances and I'll be giving it everything I got. But uh, no, Mishriff will definitely be... Uh, given the majority of my form time and analysis and whatnot, but they'll all be getting 110% from me. This point, uh, David and I moved our tack to right next to the uh, food stand with all that delicious breakfast goods because I needed power for my laptop and we needed to get her out of the wind. David, we just talked at length about Mishriff. Let's cover some of your other rides. And you can just sort of give me your thoughts and how you might see it evolve. Uh, we'll start with the second race on the card. The Group 2 Godolphin Mao. You're riding Ambassadorial for Jane Chapel. Hi, Emma. What do you know about him? Yeah, so I've got a bit of an association with him. I actually went over to um, Seoul in South Korea and rode him in the Korean Cup, which was a great experience for both me and the horse. He... Um, Ran a good race there. He was third behind some tough competition. Um, he's a horse who's ran well here at Maidan on the track. He's finished being placed in some uh, stakes races here. So, uh, not with his previous form here, if he can be back to his best, I'm sure he'll put in a, a good run and definitely pick up a bit of prize money. Well, let's hope so indeed. Uh, you're also riding in the longest race on the card, uh, the Group 2 3,200 meters long gold cup on the turf. Now, do you know that's, of course, on earlier part of the car. It's going to be warm on Saturday. You ride Red Verdon for Ed Dunlop, drawn gate 11. Of course, also, you know, a veteran runner that always seems to turn up. Yeah, he's a horse who's done a lot of, a lot of um, globe trotting in his time. He's probably done more than me at the moment. Um, but he's a horse I'm very excited about. He ran a solid race in Saudi Arabia. I think if he brings that form back, he will be in the mix-up coming up the home straight. So uh, hopefully everything goes well with him and he's in a similar form. Barney, who uh, rides him out over here, is very happy with him. He, he brought him to, to Riyadh as well. So uh, not we're quietly confident. 
Oh, that's good to hear. Race four is the Group One Alcoz Sprint, uh, 1200 meters on the turf. You're riding Speak in Colors, the only Joseph O'Brien trainee that uh, came to Dubai. Of course, you're still looking for your first Group One win as well. Yeah, look, that'd be fantastic for Joseph O'Brien, who's someone who I looked up looked up to immensely growing up. Um, such a fantastic rider, riding some some of the world's top class horses. I always remember his time when he won on St. Nicholas Abbey when he was a young, baby-faced teenager. And uh, seeing that made made me think, oh, could be possible someone that young winning the Breeders' Cup. It was unbelievable to watch. But no, thankful to, to Joseph for putting me aboard of a quality horse, third in a Prix de Foray, Group 2 winner, over six furlongs in Ireland. So he's uh, it's going to be a strong race with some of the both local and international runners, but we'll uh, we'll take our chance with that lad. And then in race seven, the Group One Dubai Turf, you ride Courthouse for Simon Crisford. And Courthouse has been uh, here for the last couple of months. He ran in the Jebel Hatta, finished fifth there behind Lord Glitzers, and a fair few that are reopposing. How do you see him reverse that form? Yeah, he's last two runs have been consistent round here, which is I think is important course form round Maidan. It definitely holds up. I think, um, yeah, obviously, in the Jabal Hadley, he ran a, ran a nice race and he's coming against some of the opposition today. So whether he can turn the form around, we'll need a nice, hopefully get a nice trip round and he can uh, put his best foot forward, which he'll, he'll need to against some good horses. So final question. Three rides in group ones. Are we going to break that group one maiden on Saturday? Yeah, look, it'd be nice. Um Obviously, whether it's a group one or a, a claimer, I'll be do my best to win. I still get the, not the same buzz, but when you pass the winning line in front of the jockey, you get a buzz like no other. So whether it's a group one, group two or a claimer, I'm happy to get a winner. Thanks ever so much to the incredibly insightful David Egan. As we move along to a jockey that is very well known stateside, multiple Belmont Stakes winner, Kentucky Derby winner, Joel Rosario. Joel, I'm so glad to have you with me here in Dubai. Uh, when did you arrive? Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, I was, I came here yesterday morning. Yeah. So pretty uh, short turnaround off the plane and then riding tomorrow, right? Yes. So, I mean, but I'm fine with it. Okay. So, it's fine. I uh, mean, I supposed to come the day before, but, it, you know, it happened to come yesterday, so, but... What Just happened? Was there some trouble with? The I mean, with the with the COVID test, because I, I, the PCR, I thought it would come. The result would come right away, and then they oh, took it longer. So, Ooh, it's always to... so tough. We definitely yeah. are all experiencing it before yeah. flying. And here in Dubai, uh, all of us got tested today to obviously yes. be able to attend tomorrow in the first place. Yes. Uh, jet lagged at all, or do you not suffer too much? From I mean, that? a little bit, but not bad at all. Right, now, you know, today, so I feel better then. Hopefully I feel better about tomorrow too. I hope so too because you, you have a fair few horses that sure. I really like um, in the races so I want you to do well. Uh, I think obviously you are looking for a couple of more wins on your resume too. You've been very successful here in Dubai in the past yeah. but we'll cover that in a second because of course our listeners 
want to know what you think about the horses uh, that you're about to get on uh, tomorrow. Sure. So let's start with the first race that you have a mountain, which is uh, the Group 2 Godolphin Mile. I keep wanting to say Grade 2, but I'm correcting myself here all the time. <laughs> Group 2 Godolphin Mile. You ride the uh, Steve Asmussen-trained snapper Sinclair. Uh, they go back to the dirt once again with him. He's performed very nicely on the turf, but also second in the Cigar Mile mm-hmm. not too long ago. Just a very solid veteran campaigner and you believe he's 17th from 30 in the money throughout mm-hmm. his races so he just always turns up uh, how do you envision envision the race unfold because it's an interesting race with a shoot sort of going half into that turn and then the home turn how do you ride that i mean uh, at least i mean you i'm working the outside so kind of have to try to work my way to so i can you know get in some point and try and save some ground and then probably work it from there, but um, we'll just see, you know, how he break out of the gate and then then, just, then and then take it from there. Does he have enough speed to sort of navigate a bit of a position? I mean, probably to get a little position, you know, I don't know how much speed and race it, it is, but um, I mean, I, I'm going to have to try to just get, you know, because I'm the drawway outside, so it's kind of, you know, have to work and to get forces your hand a little bit doesn't it mm-hmm. you have to kind of go yeah. or maybe slow him behind but i think yeah. he's a horse that wants to be a bit more forward and more forward but yeah i mean they're just like like i said just depending how they you know they he come out of the gate and then you know okay we'll see what he is and take sure. it from there go from there yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the second race you have in mind is at the group one our course sprint of course six furlongs on the turf True Valor is your mount for Grey Emotion. Of course, mm-hmm. you and Grey Emotion have been very successful together at the Dubai sure. World Cup, at 2013 Animal Kingdom. Yeah. And um, you've drawn in post seven. You have, I do believe he's a favorite, Space Blues Godolphin horse just mm-hmm. on your inside. He's an, an older horse, he's a seven-year-old, but it seems like Graham really got him going right by backing him up to the sprinting distances because he was campaigning over longer before. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you think of him? I mean, he's he, just like you say, you know, he's... I don't know the horse really well. I just see him, you know, run and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I mean, he's a, he's a nice horse and you know, a bunch of nice horses in the, in the, in the race. So um, uh, we'll see how he is. You know, I know, uh, you know, Grand Motion is a great trainer. So just, you know, looking forward to see if we can, you know, give it a winner. Did you speak with him beforehand about the horse or you might have a ring from him tomorrow to give you some instructions? Yeah, I'll probably ring him to, to, probably today later to see what he want me to do you know, with the horse and then and go and stuff like that. Yeah, check the time difference though because I think I rang him at the beginning of the week and he was asleep. So <laughs> I'm not sure yes, he was yes. too pleased so I went, That's what I said, I'm waiting because, uh, you know, now, now he's probably sleeping maybe. You know, so just wait until later to so can, I can talk to him. Yeah. No, he picked up and he's like, something wrong with the horse. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Not doing that again. So- sorry, Graham. I love Graham. Such a gentleman. Yeah, he's a very nice person. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very strong trainer. So I hope mm-hmm. he- together you'll do well once again. Yeah. I think he's got a good chance in that race. How- how- are you going in with a bit of confidence? Yeah, I think, you know, he's a, like I say, he's a nice horse and, uh, you know, bunch of nice horses in the race too. But uh, hopefully, you know, he's run well and... Uh, you know, like I said, we and we be the winner. Yeah, I hope so as well. As we'll <laughs> move on to the three-year-old event of the night, the Group Two UAE Derby, where you're riding France Gold Ina, 
very interesting name. I'm not sure I know what it means. <laughs> for Hideyuki Mori, a, a three-year-old colt that seemingly was the main Japanese hope for the Saudi Derby, got a setback, so didn't line up there. Now coming in here, and I, I looked at his last race. I don't know if you had the chance to look at his last race. Very sort of professional mm -hmm. uh, youngster. No, I haven't watched the race in, in his race, so I'm looking forward for that. Yeah, in a little bit. Uh, have you seen? Have you? Do you know anything about him, or you're gonna get the instructions tomorrow and see how? Just it... get the instruction, and and then in depend what they had, what they told me that I have an idea to what I want to do in the race. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, no, he's been looking really well in cool. the morning. So. Fingers crossed there. Sounds good. As uh, we'll move on to the Group 1 Golden Shaheen, you write Yopan for Steve Asmussen. Of course, Yopan was unbeaten going into the British Cup sprint, heavily favoured. Mm -hmm. Perhaps it, it wasn't his day. I, I guess in a way we're all kind of like, are we going to forgive him for a day off or, or are we going to see the real Yopan come back? Uh, what, what do you think? I mean, he's a very good horse and... and just like exactly like you say, you know, he the race in the British Cup, he, you know, was a really, um, you know, the break wasn't really good coming out of there and then stuff like that. So I ended up to be in the back and then, you know, we had time for to the, get into the turn and, but he's a nice horse. He, I, I, he, you know, he would not surprise me if he, tomorrow he can just, you know, come out of there and running and just uh, and win the race. Yeah, because you've ridden him in a multitude of starts, one on him a couple of times, including the, the grade two Amsterdam mm -hmm. stakes. What kind of feeling did he give you there and, and in comparison to perhaps what didn't go right in the British Cup sprint? I mean, just uh, like I said, they're coming out of the gate, so the slow break a little bit. I mean, he, he not that slow, but just like he just kind of missed the break right away and then like coming out, it's like the horse on the outside and the inside, they kind of... I have to just check him a little bit in that time, and then, uh, you know, put myself in the position probably what I want to want to be, and then. Mm -hmm. But we look forward to for tomorrow. Yeah, of course, the Golden Shaheen. This is a race mm -hmm. you've won twice. Yeah. Uh, back to back with Mind Your Biscuits as well. We'll talk about your experience in a little bit. So with Biscuits, you were drawn outside once, I think, post fourteen, and the inside once. So in a way, you've got the experience of both. What did you prefer, inside or outside? Just sheer curiosity here. Oh, I know. I mean, I just have been look watching the race and see what is the best. You know, it's bad to be in the track that you know that day, and then I just pick from there. Yeah. Yeah. So with with Yopon, there's a lot of really fast gate horses mm -hmm. in here. I think mm -hmm. there's like six that want to be on the lead. Probably place, yeah. Yeah. So. Do you think he can kind of sit back off it, or are you gonna go and send and just kind of see? I mean, the more important, like I say, get him out of the gate, and uh, we'll see where he is. You know, see after um, the first uh, sixteen for long, so we'll see where, where I am, and then take it from there. If I'm in the lead, I, you know, he just trying to be there, and then if it's somebody else bigger than my ass, so just trying to kind of have to do something different. Yeah, do, do you have like plan A, plan B, or do you kind of go on instinct? Sure, sure, you have to have it, you know, because, uh, you know, the way the race, you know, come, you don't know. I mean, you can have this speed horse like we're talking right now, and then it didn't happen that way, so you have to kind of have to ride it in a different way. So you kind of have a, have a plan A, B, C, and, and all the problems and more that too. <laughs> you got the whole alphabet lined <laughs> yes. up. <laughs> yes. So... 
do you ever panic if you're in a pocket and you can't get out? Like, what what, what do you do? Or what just goes just through? stay there, you know. So if you can get out, just stay there, and then hopefully at some point forward you'll get out. <laughs> and if you don't, that's just it. I mean, just the race is how it goes. So yeah. you cannot think you can do. No. Yeah, I mean, just uh, if you can block between couple horses and then at some point or you, you know you slow down or they slow down so then you'll be able to get you whatever maybe you want to be so, and try and try and get through yeah trying to work it the way it comes you know what goes through your head in that occasion are you like swearing to yourself like get out my way no no you can't do that you have to just 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 like just sit chill there and then you know at some point things change you know so it's just not or you know when you in that spot, just 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 be there, and then, um, for, you know, at some point you probably get out, and then sometimes it's awesome, but this is how the race it, it will go, you know. But I'm sure that that it's not gonna be the, the whole race. So, so I mean, at some point you wanna be able to say, you know, all oh, the horses, you have more horses than the other, oh, they they have horses that left or whatever. Yeah. You seem very sort of calm and confident were you always like this riding at the beginning as well um probably not so you know the uh it's one thing that you ride him that you you learn you know I've, with the animal with the horses you know so exactly what is the best uh you know you want to get the best of the horses so you know you, you don't want to do anything that you know who you know stop the horse to you know, performer, the, you know, it could be a different way. Yeah. We'll move on to the Group 1 Shima Classic. Possibly the best race of the entire day. It's a wonderful mm-hmm. renewal, including Chronogenesis, mm-hmm. you know, the Japanese mare coming up. Sure. And of course, uh, the world's richest race winner, uh, Saudi Cup winner Mishrif. Yeah. You're riding Channel Maker uh, for Hall of Famer Bill Mott. Mm-hmm. He's a front runner. Uh, we were discussing this before. He, he really sure. likes to have his head... You rode him in, in Saudi. How do you see this unf- unfold? Do you think you're going to be able to go to the front? Do you think Mishrif might try and pressure you a little bit? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I mean, just like I said, maybe when we get out of the gate, so we'll see, we'll see what's happening, you know what I mean? But, um, you know, this race is different than the one uh, in Saudi. So, I mean, just, uh, you know... We're competing against the horses who really who who win the the you know the Saudi World Cup. So uh, I mean, definitely it's a tougher race than probably last time. And he is an interesting ride, to put it mildly. His head sort of in your face. How do you handle that as a jockey? What do you do with him? I mean, you just, for him, you just have to just leave it, let it be, whatever the way he he is, and then this is how he runs. You know, he just always carry that head really high, and. Uh, you know, that's how he feel comfortable. So you don't want to, you know, just be against him. So just you just let it be free and then let it let it be where he is, and he's wrong his the race for you. The great group one, I did the hair Dubai mm-hmm. World Cup. But you're looking for a second victory in this uh, wonderful race. You're running Jesus's team for very young trainer Jose Francisco D'Angelo. Do you believe mm-hmm. if he wins this? He will be the youngest uh, Dubai World Cup winning trainer. Oh, wow. No pressure there. <laughs> um, the horse has been training wonderfully. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you rate your chances going? It seems a wide open affair this year. And of course, you have Mystic Guide, mm-hmm. favorite at present, I'd say. Of course. I mean, this is the du- Dubai World Cup. I mean, all the races are tough. 
but you know of course this races even probably you know because all, all the you know best horses around and you know in the whole world and uh i mean just like you said the race they seem really competitive uh it seemed like it's wide open and and but you know obviously what it you know jesus esteem up to tomorrow yeah do you feel like your riding style suits him quite well? He's a horse that wants to sit somewhere mid-pack, sort of tactically, and then you have to judge mm-hmm. when to go on him. How, as a rider, do you feel or know that it's time to start asking and to make that sort of aggressive move forward? Yeah, I mean, I never rode a horse before. It's the first time I'm going to ride him, but I've been watching all his races when, you know, when he ran uh, in the Pegasus and the race be the British Cup and stuff like that so just uh kind of watching the race and learning something from him to see um uh what is you know what i can get the best from him yeah mm-hmm. as well uh quickly sort of talk about your history here in dubai which has been very uh, successful for you what would be your favorite memory of course 2013 you won the dubai world cup animal sure. kingdom gray emotion and then 2017 2018 uh, golden shaheen mm-hmm. what kind of memories do you have or what stands out I mean, they're just uh, amazing. You know, this is an amazing place here. And the, um, I, I, you know, I remember when I came here, I think it was 2010. And I rode three horses and then they have the chance later on to uh, win the, you know, the Dubai World Grand Motion. And I remember that day uh, talking to Graham before the race. And, and, yeah, and it was very, you know, then we ended up to winning the races. So that was really... It was really exciting, really, you know, um, very special because, you know, this, I can't believe it, you know, I said, wow, I wanted, the, I want just the, you know, Dubai workout. So that was really, you know, yeah, very emotional. He said, Gray Emotion was talking to you before the race. Uh, did he say anything particular? Was he confident about the horse? I mean, he, he, you know, he's, he was really confident, but, he, you know, he, we kind of have to, we, we talk before the races to kind of understand each other exactly what, uh, you know, what did he want me to do in the race? So, he, you know, so so he always come back to me. What do you think? <laughs> you know, so he, yeah, that was very, yeah, very, very good. What do you, excuse me, what do you feel uh, it takes? How do you think you can best win here on the maiden dirt track? It seems to be playing more evenly nowadays. Do you think there's a particular way uh, to ride the track here? It, yeah, I mean, it is. I mean, they're just... Sometimes it depends how the track goes. I mean, it depends how the race is being running, and sometimes it can be speed favor or just come from behind and stuff like that. But seem like you know, just uh, pretty much just just uh, depending on all the riders do what they do to. So uh, that have to be something uh, you know, because the way they all the riders, the way they ride is just different, and you kind of have to just uh, guess what you know what they do want to do. Do you ride differently here than in the U.S. comparatively? I mean, yeah, yeah, yes, you have. I think it's different, yes, because you know you have a rider from Europe and you have a rider from U.S. or you have a rider from some other different, you know, countries and and also in the U.S. they have the same, but you know, it's it's, it's different. Is it like are they tighter packed? Do you think, or is it different in the, in the speed setup? No, I think it's just the way they ride. I mean, just not because they tie or stuff like that. I mean, just the way you know the horse, the way they they ride. 
know, just just a lot of jockey they have a, I mean they have a different style to ride. So um you know, to sometimes you know to you have to have an idea exactly what exactly this jockey want to to do during the race, you know, because it's very important for you to know. <laughs> do you visualize that? You think, okay, maybe that horse will go there and... Yes, I say, him. okay, this jockey do this, and then he, he probably does what he's going to do and stuff like that, yeah. And that's yeah. how you prepare for the races? I mean, it's, it's part of the, or the or yeah, prepare too for the races because uh, you need to know what, you know, does he want to go to the lead, you know, or is he going to just slow down, or he going to take back, so... Uh, yeah. Right. Have that, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't want to keep you up too long. No problem. Who's your favorite horse that are coming? Do you, who do you think has got your best chance uh, tomorrow? Tomorrow? Uh, I mean, to me, I think they all have a, chance, a good chance. I but, think so too. But, uh, you know, tough races. So, I mean, hopefully I, I, I you know, we have, you know, happy to get in the winner's soak. Of course, of course. <laughs> no, no particular one that you're looking for. Come on, give the listeners like a little... So they might have a little bet on you. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, they like I said, we'll have a chance, but um, I'm gonna say Yopan probably. Okay. Is it? But they all have chances to win the race. So, and then all tough races or open races for sure. Open, yeah. So we'll see what happens. Well, Joe, I wish you the best of luck and thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Of course. I wish both jockeys the best of luck in the Dubai World Cup. May they get the chance to grace the winner's circle and get back safely. Now, for everyone wanting to tune in to all the action, a nine-strong race card kicks off at 7.45 Eastern Daylight Time. Now, the first race is for the Pure Red Arabians. So if you want to tune in for the first thoroughbred race, the Godolphin Mal, tune in at 8.15 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Of course, thanks to everyone at In The Money Media, Peter Thomas Fornatel, Jonathan Kinch and Drew Coatney and the whole In The Money Media podcast crew. It's been a pleasure. Glad to be here in Dubai. And uh, let's get going with the big day. Good luck, everyone. <laughs>